Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Today on CityCast Philly... We're in the season when the city often activates a code blue when temperatures hit 32 degrees Fahrenheit or even lower and there's precipitation. And during a code blue, the city makes sure unhoused Philadelphians are safe from the elements outside. I'm speaking with a local environmental justice reporter about five ways we can help our unhoused neighbors in the region. It's Thursday, January 4th. I'm Trina Nuri, and here's what Philly's talking about. Sophia Schmidt, environmental justice reporter at WHYY. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. The Philly region can get really, really cold during the fall and winter months, and we also experience heavy rains and flooding, too. So, Sophia, how does climate change impact life for unhoused people in our region? Climate change is changing the physical conditions that people living outside are dealing with um, in a couple ways. So one way that I think a lot of us have noticed is that, you know, winters are trending warmer. Um, They're getting more mild. But that doesn't mean that it's safe to be outside in the winter. We still see cold-related deaths every year in the Philly area. So winter is still dangerous. Some other impacts are that, you know, summers are getting warmer, particularly summer nights are warming. So, you know, your body, if you're sleeping outside, has less of a chance to recover from the heat of the day. And then the big one that, you know, I talked to some people who had experienced and are kind of noticing a change in is the intensity of rain. You can actually look back at the long-term weather data and see that we're experiencing more days with extreme rain. So days when like a month's worth of rain falls in a single day in the Philly area. And what that means for people living outside is, you know, if you're in a place that floods, like next to a river, your tent might get washed out, um, your clothing ruined. That's obviously dangerous for you as well. If you get caught in a rainstorm, that can be really bad because all your stuff is wet, your clothing is wet, and Wet socks can be particularly dangerous, especially if you have any underlying conditions like diabetes, poor circulation, and having wet clothing can also put you at greater risk for hypothermia if it's cold out. You can get hypothermia at higher temperatures if you're wearing wet clothing. Interesting. Sophia, you've spoken to several different organizations in our region, and you came up with five ways we can help our neighbors who are unhoused. One way is that people can give directly. Tell us about this. Yeah, so a great way to start helping your unhoused neighbors is just get to know them. So introduce yourself, find out who's in your community, who's unhoused, and find out what it is that they want and need. And so that might be cash, that might be things. A couple things that came up in my reporting that are particularly useful are um, hot hands. So those like hand warmer packets are really invaluable during the winter for people who are living outside. Dry socks are really important. So especially high quality, like thick wool socks are important. Warm drinks or warm food can kind of help someone get through the day if they're living outside. But really the important thing is, you know, 
introduce yourself, get to know people and find out what they need and what's most helpful for them. Sophia, another way that we can help our unhoused neighbors is to donate to service providers and mutual aid. Tell me more about this one. Yeah, so obviously you can, you know, donate money to organizations or mutual aid groups that do work that you believe in. If you want to donate things like clothing or, um, you know, supplies, that's really great too. A lot of these organizations are looking for that. But the big tip that I would give people is just do a little bit of research to make sure that what you're giving actually aligns with what the group or organization needs because, you know, it just might be the wrong fit, whether that's like a women's clothing versus men's clothing thing, or maybe they already have some kind of a relationship with a business that gives them, you know, for example, linens, so they don't need blankets. So it's great to just, you know, check out what they need. That could be a phone call or, you know, contacting a person, or that could just be some some internet research. A lot of these organizations have lists of, you know, like wish lists or high need items on their websites. We're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, more on resources available for our unhoused neighbors. This is CityCast Philly. Sophia, back to your reporting on the ways we can support our unhoused neighbors in the region. You wrote about several service providers who are looking for donations. What are some of their needs? Yeah, so when I spoke with is Project Home, which is a big player in the Philly homelessness services arena, they send out outreach teams to go engage people who are living on the streets. Um, they also run the Hub of Hope, which is a daytime drop-in center where you can access like laundry, you know, it's a, a place to be indoors during the day. And they do receive a lot of donations in the winter. Um, but I spoke with one of their vice presidents about what's most useful and heard that they get a lot of women's clothing donated, which is great, but they're serving a lot of unsheltered men. So they have a particular need for men's clothing, especially shoes and sneakers that are good for outdoor use. Okay, so we should make sure that we're actually giving the right types of things when donating. Sophia, another organization you spoke with was the Pottstown Beacon of Hope. They have a seasonal warming center and a wish list, too. Can you tell us what items are needed there? Their wish list includes um, plastic gloves, paper towels, and one thing I wouldn't have thought of, camping backpacks. Bethesda Project here in the city, they also have a high needs list. Tell us about that. Yeah, Bethesda Project runs a couple shelters and some items on their list that surprised me were uh, Lyft gift cards for rides to appointments, universal phone chargers, and KN95 masks. Oh, wow. I would have never thought of that either. Sophia, tell us about Project Safe. Yeah, Project Safe is a mutual aid group. Um, they are based in Kensington, and they focus on harm reduction for women and queer people. This winter, they have worked with some other mutual aid groups to collect warm items. So they're collecting a lot of coats, leggings, hoodies, sweaters, sweatpants, socks, like I mentioned before, and even heaters. The city of Philadelphia also has an Office of Homeless Services there's also a sign-up that you can do, Homeless Services Mailing List, and we'll have all of those links in our show notes. They recommend sending donations or money to the Philadelphia City Fund. Sophia, what's this fun about? Yeah, so you can donate to this fund and the Office of Homeless Services administers this money in the form of competitive grants to nonprofits throughout the city. They say that it can cover things including permanent housing, rental assistance, or social services. Another way on your list is that we can also offer to call a hotline or refer someone to an intake center. 
How should folks handle this? Yeah. So same as the first tip about giving directly, a good tip here is to, you know, start by introducing yourself and start by asking if someone needs or wants help. And so a tip that I got from advocates is, you know, don't just call the police on your unhoused neighbors simply because they're experiencing homelessness. But if someone is in need of, you know, medical help or they're looking for shelter or resources, it can be helpful to offer to call a hotline. And so the hotline in Philly is a 24-7 service hotline that is operated by Project Home. And so if you call, outreach workers can come out to the location of the person who needs help. They can talk Talk to them about their situation, about what kind of resources they might be interested in, and they may be able to help them get placed in a shelter. You can also help someone learn about city-funded intake centers. So there's a number of different centers that you can, you know, visit in person throughout the city to learn about your options for resources or, you know, go through the shelter intake process. Those also have phone numbers. And so for all of this, again, it's just, you know, you want to be asking what help people actually are interested in and, um, you know, if someone doesn't have access to a cell phone, that's where you can really come in. And, you know, if you have a phone on you, you can make that call for them. Volunteering can also be another way to help. What kinds of tasks and responsibilities do volunteers take on? Yeah, it seems like there's really something for everyone in terms of volunteer opportunities. Pottstown Beacon of Hope, they take a bunch of volunteers. You can help with things like cooking, serving meals, cleaning, The Bethesda Project in Philly is another option. They take volunteers for tasks from data entry to construction. Another tip that I heard was, you know, a lot of people are inspired to volunteer around the holidays, but obviously organizations need help year-round. So make sure that if you do start getting involved around the holidays, you stick around and, you know, show up all year. For sure. And lastly, Sophia, You write that a way to support unhoused neighbors is to use our voice to support systemic solutions. Tell me what you mean by this. Yeah, so we know that homelessness is a systemic issue that intersects with issues like housing and poverty. And advocates and experts say that fundamentally it is an issue of housing and an issue of a lack of affordable housing. So I wanted to include in this guide some tips on how to support these systemic solutions. So a good way to start is by just educating yourself, you know, learning more about the root causes of homelessness, learning to debunk myths and stigmas about it. You can also, you know, use your vote and talk to your elected officials about what they're doing on homelessness. I talked to a researcher who mentioned that rapid rehousing is an effective way to to basically reduce the duration of homelessness for people. Um, Rapid rehousing is interventions that help you get rehoused faster. So, for example you know, short-term rental assistance. So, you know, you could push for more funding for solutions like this. And another tip that I heard was, you know, take your cues from your unhoused neighbors. So see people in your community who are experiencing homelessness, not just as people worth fighting for, but as people worth fighting with. All right. That was Sophia Schmidt, environmental justice reporter at WHYY. Sophia, thanks so much for all of these tips and for joining me on CityCast Philly. Thank you so much, Trinae. Check out Sophia's full story in our show notes, along with a list of resources mentioned in this episode. That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. If you enjoyed this episode about the ways we can support our unhoused neighbors, tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and hit that subscribe button. 
Be sure to sign up for our morning newsletter, Hey Philly, to learn more about what else Philly's talking about. We'll be back tomorrow morning with the Friday News Roundup. Bye. Bye.